And we have a special guest with us today, Dr. Michael Mullen, and Hello. we're going to be discussing um, what is pasteurization. Now, Michael is a food scientist with industrial research and teaching experience in many areas of food manufacturing. Uh, Michael was a lecturer in food technology at Queen's University, Belfast for 19 years, and currently Michael is an independent food and beverages professional located in Northern Ireland. And today we're going to start the discussion with what is pasteurization? Okay, pasteurization is a, a mild heat treatment that reduces the number of um, harmful bacteria in milk to a safe level. Now, there's not, sometimes uh, milk will be free of harmful bacteria, but we have to assume that uh, these pathogens will be there. So it's a mild heat treatment and it reduces these bacteria to a safe level. So what, by mild heat treatment, what kind of temperatures and times are we, are we well, talking about? The, the statutory treatment for pasteurization, and this is a, a, a global uh, standard, is 72 degrees uh, Celsius for 15 seconds. So uh, relatively uh, low temperature and quite a, a, a short uh, time period. So I think yeah, people would be quite surprised whenever they think of pasteurization they think it would probably think it would be much higher temperatures than that and for a much longer time. Um, so definitely it's so compared to I think it's UHT is another uh, treatment. It is. That produces a, a commercially sterile uh, milk which has a shelf life of several months. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of the higher heat treatment involved um, there are slight changes to the taste um, of, of, of the product. So it, it gets a much more severe heat treatment than pasteurized milk. Um, so are there any chemical changes that happen to the milk, either the UHT milk or the normal milk on pasteurization? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to keep it simple and just stick to pasteurized milk. Um, I probably should say that there's increasing concern about some microorganisms present in milk that would survive uh, statutory pasteurization. And there are some companies now starting to increase the temperature that's being used for pasteurization. And I'll come to, back to that in a moment because that does have a small influence on milk, uh, on the nutritional quality of milk. But dealing with uh, the effect of pasteurization on conventional pasteurization, on uh, the nutritional quality of milk. Um, as far as the macronutrients are concerned, there's no, no effect uh, at all. There are small changes in the concentration of certain vitamins, in particular thiamine and ascorbic acid, vitamin C. Thiamine, uh, there's relatively, uh, milk is not a good source of thiamine. Uh, so there's not a lot of thiamine in milk. Uh, thiamine is very heat sensitive and there's a small reduction in thiamine and a small reduction in ascorbic acid. But these reductions are insignificant mm -hmm. uh, from a nutritional uh, point of view. 
So in terms uh, of the nutritional value and uh, the change in nutritional value on pasteurization, you're saying there isn't much of a change to the nutritional content? There are some changes that take place to certain enzymes, um, and I've mentioned uh, those two vitamins in particular, but the changes are minimal. And looking at it from a, you know, a broad perspective, um, pasteurization has negligible effects on the nutritional quality of milk. That uh, has been accepted scientifically for many, many years. So one of the other things then would be the, um, the taste of um, pasteurized milk. Are there other um, effects on the, the, the taste of milk uh, for, compared to pre-pasteurization? Uh, the vast yeah. bulk of people would not be able to detect any difference in, in, in taste. Uh, even highly trained taste panels uh, would have difficulty in picking up a difference in taste. However, when pasteurization came in and we used to have bottles of milk, there was a small effect on the cream line. So the, the, the cream line, the, li uh, the, the, the volume of cream and pasteurized milk would have been fractionally smaller than in uh, unpasteurized milk. So that, that would have been probably the biggest difference that some very observant person would have noted between pasteurized milk and raw milk. Mm -hmm. And uh, just on a slightly related topic, homogenization of milk, that's different than pasteurization? Yes. That's another I mean, people might have heard yeah. of. Homogenization will stop that creaming that you would have noted in just traditional, uh, traditionally bottled milk. Um, the fat globules are broken up into small particles and they will not separate to anything like the extent that you'd have got with whole fat globules. And is that a mechanical treatment rather than a it chemical treatment? It's a mechanical treatment. What happens is that the milk is forced through um, a small orifice mm -hmm. and as it goes through the small orifice um, the fat globules in the milk are sheared into small pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, the rising of particles to the surface of the meat, of, of milk depends on a number of, of, of factors. Um, the law that uh, can describe that, Stokes law. So if you have a small particle um, size, you know, with a small radius, the velocity um, that that particle rises to the, the surface is very, is, you know, an awful lot smaller than the fat globule. Um, so uh, that enables you to prevent these creaming effects. So that's why the, you know, the homogenization is used. Homogenization is less critical when the milk is in a carton. Mm -hmm. So I guess then also by homogenizing the milk, then that makes it easier to control the fat content that you have in the final product as well? Not, not really. I mean, um, I suppose really when pasteurization came in, there was a, a problem that was occasionally encountered with milk. It was called a cream plug. And the cream could virtually solidify at the top of the bottle, right? Mm. And uh, re really from the point of view of standardizing milk composition and so on, um, homogenization is, uh, is really a, a neutral technology. Mm -hmm.
if anything, it helps you uh, avoid it helps you avoid problems to do with uh, these creaming effects of the milk fat globules uh, rising to the surface of the milk. So I was just going to ask a question on something that you mentioned earlier about um, the time period for pasteurization is really short, and I can't quite remember how long you said it was now. Yeah, the statutory, the statutory period is 15 seconds. So if you have a large amount of milk in a vat or a large container um, and you're heating that milk um, for 15 seconds to that temperature or at keeping the milk at that temperature for 15 seconds, how long does the milk stay in the vat before the vat itself gets cleaned? Okay, there are different ways, there are different ways of pasteurizing milk. The modern method of pasteurizing milk it uses the 72 degrees C for um, 15 seconds, and it uses um, a plate heat exchanger uh, to achieve that heat treatment and that holding time. It is also possible to heat the milk in a vat, but if you're going to heat the milk in a vat, uh, it would not be possible to do that um, in a controlled way using a 15 second a heat treatment period, you would have to use a lower temperature and a longer holding time. So before plate heat exchangers um, were invented, milk was pasteurized in large vats, and these vats were held at a temperature of about 63 degrees Celsius for 30 minutes or so. And looking at the, the microbial kinetics um, and the organisms that are that were originally involved in pasteurization, a heat treatment of 63 degrees C for 30 minutes is equivalent in microbial lethality terms to that of 72 degrees Celsius for 15 seconds. Now, you have to use certain indicator organisms um, for to, to work out that equivalence. So really, modern milk, it's kept in a vat, it's pumped, it's kept in a vat at a very low temperature, four degrees C typically, it's pumped from that vat to the plate heat exchanger and it reaches its heat treatment temperature almost instantaneously and then it's cooled down to um, less than seven degrees Celsius virtually ins instantaneously too. These processes take seconds. So the heat treatment um, involved in pasteurization is, is very mild. And that explains why there's so little, uh, uh, you know, deleterious effects of the heat treatment. Mm. But, but, but and it's not a big, but uh, there is some concerns that there may be pathogens in milk uh, that are not killed by that heat treatment. Um, some of the uh, spore-forming bacteria, for example, um, would they they would would they be ones that would typically? Yeah, the the, the vegetative forms of those organisms uh, will be killed by the heat treatment, but the spores will survive. Mm -hmm. A lot of these spores will not germinate unless the temperature reaches, you know, a certain uh, level. And it's usually, you know, reasonably high. But you do occasionally have some psychotrophic um, 
pathogenic spore formers uh, that you know can can germinate and, and can grow in milk. But generally, that's not an issue. <laughs> generally, as far as pasteurized as pasteurized milk is concerned, um, you know, unless there's temperature, well, unless there's temperature abuse uh, of the milk that's been pasteurized, there usually isn't a, a major problem with um, you know spore formers. Occasionally, get the odd pro uh, problem with an organism called Bacillus cereus, and um, it, but really, that, 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 that's the one that causes the Betty cream. Is it? That yes, might yes, be it produces, an, produces an enzyme that destabilizes the milk fat globule. You tend not to see the bittiness with modern homogenized milk. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, I, th I think earlier you mentioned raw milk, is raw milk the same as unpasteurized milk? No. In industry, there are um, some sub-pasteurization heat treatments used. Uh, the main sub-pasteurization heat treatment that's used is called thermization. And thermization is used in industry. Sometimes they have got to store milk before it can be processed for several days. And um, milk is susceptible to the growth of psychotrophic microorganisms. They can grow reasonably fast at seven degrees C, four to seven degrees C, for example. So um, in some companies, um, as the milk comes into the processing plant, they will heat treat the milk at a temperature, say roughly from 60 degrees Celsius up to about 68 degrees Celsius for 15 to 20 seconds. Uh, that, that's the range of temperatures and times that might be used. And what that uh, treatment does, it eliminates uh, effectively the psychotrophic organisms and enables the company to store the milk for several days. Mm -hmm. um, it has, again, it has even lower effects on thiamine and ascorbic acid than conventional pasteurization heat treatments. So what would what would that type of heat treatment typically be called? It's called therm thermization. And okay. is that associated with unpasteurized milk? You were, you were asking whether or not um, there was a difference between raw milk and pasteurized milk and unpasteurized milk. I'm saying that there, there is a heat treatment that's short of pasteurization called thermization. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Okay, so milk from you know milk from the cow or whatever other type of milk it is should be sterile to begin with, but it's subject well, to being milk, contaminated. Well, this is very interesting. There's quite a few biological secretions that people said were always said were sterile. There's mm -hmm. not too many things that are absolutely sterile. Yeah. So milk milk from the cow uh, isn't sterile. Yeah. Uh, it contains small numbers of microorganisms. Mm -hmm. But it's, got uh, high, it's also got a high nutrient content, so that means that it's highly susceptible to, it's a good food source potentially for bacteria. It's an, yes, it's an excellent food source for uh, bacteria. But I mean, milk straight from the cow contains a very low count of microorganisms. Mm -hmm. You're talking about normally less than about 500 per milliliter. 
Okay, so that, okay. So I think we're kind of coming to the end of what we have time for today. I just wanted to ask you um, kind of a, a, a question to the side of what we've been discussing today. What, in your opinion, what do you think are the main challenges facing, you know, milk production today? Okay, well, the, the biggest, the biggest problem um, is Brexit. And whatever other issues that, that there are, that has a major implication for farmers in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. And it's to do with, you know, tariffs, uh, it's to do with, um, you know, transport of milk from this jurisdiction to, for example, the Republic of Ireland, um, the possibilities of tariffs being uh, put, put that is a, you know, that could be, if that isn't resolved, um, um, if there's a no deal uh, Brexit, it will have the, the potential is there for major uh, issues uh, uh, for for our farmers. Globally, um, there's also an issue to do with the contribution of cows to, you know, um, uh, you know cows produce methane. Methane is one of these global warming gases. So there's quite a lot of interest at the moment in research to reduce the amount of methane that uh, cows produce. There's still disease aspects um, that are causing concerns. Uh, TB, for example, um, still a problem in, in, in farms in, in Northern Ireland. Um, there are issues to do with you know, how that uh, TB can, 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 can be controlled. There's the occasional problem still to do with brucellosis. So there's some animal health issues that are, that are still there. But I would say the biggest issue for farmers in Northern Ireland, dairy farmers in Northern Ireland, um, is if we have a no deal Brexit. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I think we had a really interesting discussion. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this Andor Technology Podcast. Andor is an Oxford Instruments business, specialising in the design and manufacture of market-leading imaging and spectroscopy solutions for the scientific research market. For more information on our products and services, please visit andor.com.